Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and it's that time of year again, National Grammar Day. Yes, March 4th is almost here, and in what has become a National Grammar Day tradition, grammar lovers have been using Twitter to submit their entries in the annual National Grammar Day haiku contest using the hashtag Grammar Day. Actually, like this podcast, the haiku cover not only grammar, but also word usage, punctuation, pronunciation, and writing style. And that's okay. We cast a wide net here. And everything that's both interesting and language-related is fair game. This year, though, I'd like to invite you to work with another form of short poetry called the double dactyl. To understand what a double dactyl is, you first need to know what a dactyl is. It's not an extinct flying reptile. That's a pterodactyl. However, if you translate the Greek roots that make up pterodactyl, you get wing finger. So dactyl means finger. But what do fingers have to do with poetry? True, you do use your fingers to write poetry, but that's true of poetry in general. The more relevant answer is that a dactyl is a sequence of three syllables, a stressed syllable followed by two unstressed syllables. For example, the word holiday is a dactyl, as are genesis and poetry. Are you getting the rhythm? Holiday, genesis, poetry. And what do fingers have to do with a sequence of one stressed syllable and two unstressed syllables? Well, in metrical notation, stressed syllables are often written as a dash, and unstressed syllables as shorter, bent lines. Represented this way, apparently a dactyl reminded someone of a finger. The dash for the stressed syllable is the first longer knuckle, and the two shorter knuckles are the bent lines for the unstressed syllables. And I have a drawing on the transcript of this podcast at quickanddirtytips.com so you can get a better picture of that. The form of poem called the double dactyl has two stanzas of four lines each, in which the first three lines each are made up of just two dactyls, and the fourth line has a single dactyl followed by one more stressed syllable. For example, some acceptable fourth lines could be hullabaloo or give me a break. Aside from the metrical description, there are three other requirements for a double dactyl. The one that makes National Grammar Day particularly suitable for a double dactyl is that the topic of a double dactyl, 
has to be a two-dactyl proper noun. Not just any proper noun fits this description. Some that do fit include Emily Dickinson, Benedict Cumberbatch, and Ivan the Terrible. And, as you may have noticed by now, so does National Grammar Day. So here it is, a double dactyl composed especially for the upcoming special occasion. And I want to point out something I'll mention again at the end. This segment is written by Neil Whitman, so he wrote the poem. And the references to I in the segment refer to Neil, not me. Here's the poem, with pauses for the line breaks. Holy infinitives! National Grammar Day. Grammatomaniacs, time to geek out. Syntax, semantics, and strange ambiguities. This is the fun stuff that grammar's about. Here it is faster. Holy infinitives, National Grammar Day. Grammatomaniacs, time to geek out. Syntax, semantics, and strange ambiguities. This is the fun stuff that grammar's about. In case you'd like to try writing your own double dactyl, whether it's about National Grammar Day or something or someone else, I'll explain the rest of the requirements. They can be found in the introduction to the book Jiggery Pokery, a Compendium of Double Dactyls, which was edited by John Hollander and Anthony Hecht, the inventor of the double dactyl. That's right, unlike haiku, limericks, or sonnets, the double dactyl has a known inventor. In the book, Hecht explains that he invented the form in 1951, when he was looking for a poem in which the word schistosomiasis could take up an entire line all by itself. Schistosomiasis, by the way, is a parasitic disease spread by snails, but not by squiggly, my favorite yellow snail. In fact, this word brings us to the second requirement for a double dactyl. At least one line must consist of a single double dactylic word. Furthermore, just to make things more difficult, Hecht and Hollander declared that no double dactylic word should be used in more than one double dactyl poem. I won't bore you with a list of all the no longer eligible words I found in the double dactyls in Jiggery Pokery, but I'll put a list of them on the transcript for anyone who's interested. As far as I know, the word grammatomaniac has not been used in a double dactyl yet. In fact, I even thought I had invented the word on the model of grammatological and grammatophobia. Then I searched for it and found that it was coined by H. L. Mencken in 1922 when he wrote this. There are fanatics who love and venerate spelling as a tomcat loves and venerates catnip. There are grammatomaniacs. Schoolmarms who would rather parse than eat, specialists in an objective case that doesn't exist in English, strange beings otherwise sane, and even intelligent and comely who suffer under a split infinitive as you or I would suffer under gastroenteritis. To Mencken's coinage, I'd add that grammatomaniacs can also be people who are just plain interested in how language works. In fact, in an earlier draft of the poem, I called them language enthusiasts instead of grammatomaniacs. But that's no good. Although language enthusiasts does consist of two dactyls, it's two words, not one. And it has to be one word. The rules are very clear about this. 
Actually, Hecht and Hollander also specify that the double dactylic single word should be in the second four lines, and ideally in the second to last line, but I just couldn't make that work. Here are some tips for finding or inventing your double dactylic word. 1. Take advantage of long suffixes. The suffixes ability and illogical have four syllables all by themselves, so you only need two to turn them into words like irritability and dermatological. 2. Take advantage of kind of long suffixes. The suffixes arity, actical, ational, arian, ality, istical, ography, ology, and torial are all dactyls, so you just need to find another dactyl that can combine with them. 3. Take advantage of two-syllable suffixes. Don't forget about suffixes such as ubble and ibble, as in terrible, and ian as in contrarian. 4. Remember the suffix ly. This suffix can turn an adjective into an adverb, and sometimes it can do so without even adding a syllable. The following pairs all have the same number of syllables. Unjustifiable, unjustifiably, dermatological, dermatologically. 5. Take advantage of your prefixes, especially two-syllable prefixes. These are often borrowed from Greek or Latin, such as hetero, hyper, hypo, meta, mono, neo, and poly. The negative prefixes non and un are useful for putting a stressed syllable at the beginning of a word. Finally, six, look for Latin or Greek bound roots. What's a bound root, you ask? Take the double dactyl word pharmacologically. You may not recognize the root pharmaco and figure correctly that this word has something to do with drugs. But on its own, pharmaco isn't a word. Linguists call it a bound root. Similarly, the noun grammar can stand on its own, but the dactylic bound root, grammato, has to be part of a longer word. In addition to being about a person or thing with a double dactylic name, and having at least one line that consists of a single double dactylic word, there's one more requirement for a double dactyl poem. The first line has to be nonsense. For example, Jiggery Pokery, the title of Hecton Hollander's book. They should have titled the book Higgledy Piggledy because that was by far the most used piece of double dactylic nonsense in their poems. They only used Jiggery Pokery once. Occasionally, they used Patty Cake, Patty Cake, and one poem in the book uses Pocketa Pocketa, which is an allusion to James Thurber's short story, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. If you're curious about that allusion, read the story. It's a classic. I've also seen Hickory Dickory in Double Dactyls elsewhere. The name Babbity Rabbity in J.K. Rowling's Tales of Beetle the Bard has the distinction of being both a suitable subject for a double dactyl and a piece of double dactylic nonsense. I bent the rules about starting with a line of nonsense because I didn't like completely throwing away a line by not having it carry any meaning. Plus, I was sick of reading higgledy-piggledy. Instead, I figured an exclamation would be close enough to nonsense and went with holy infinitives. So much for the anatomy of a double dactyl. 
since I've spotlighted syntax and semantics in the fifth line of my double dactyl, this is a good time to give a quick and dirty distinction between the two. Syntax is about the structure of a string of words, and semantics is about the meaning. Sometimes the same string of words can have different invisible structures, which correspond to different meanings. These are the strange ambiguities of the sixth line of my poem. A good example is the ambiguity, make me a sandwich, the classic grammar joke that was the subject of episode 442. Make me a sandwich. Do I want someone to assemble a sandwich for me or turn me into a sandwich? There are also stranger ambiguities in which you get multiple meanings, even without different structures. For example, there's the sentence, every year somebody's dog gets killed by a deer, which Gretchen McCulloch wrote about in episode 422. It had eight possible meanings. And though opinions can differ, my opinion is that this is the fun stuff about grammar. Tell us what you think grammar's all about in your own double dactyl. Leave it in a comment on the webpage or tweet a screenshot of it to me with the hashtag GrammarDay. And I'll be looking for your haiku, too, under that hashtag. That piece was written by Neil Whitman, an independent researcher and writer on language and grammar. He blogs at literalminded.wordpress.com and tweets at literalminded. Thanks this week to Eric Deckers, who posted to Instagram that he listened to the podcast on his way to the SpaceX launch at NASA. Amanda, who listens while making stuff in her fabulous craft room. And Heather, who listens while driving through the snowy foothills west of Denver with her sons going back and forth to hockey practice. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find all my old Grammar Girl podcasts and articles at quickanddirtytips.com. Also, we had a technical problem with the podcast feed last week, so the show was ready on time, but it went out a few days late, so I'm sorry if that messed up your listening schedule, and thanks to Jennifer, who first caught the problem. You might want to check and make sure you're still subscribed, and I guess this is also a good time to ask you to subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already subscribed. I hope to see some of your dactyl poems on Twitter and your haiku. That's all. Thanks for listening. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.